the pandemic. Many people have said this has really helped me to see what's most important to me in my life. Or it helps me to examine the things that maybe I don't need to do anymore. Or things that I would like to keep doing post-pandemic if that time ever comes. So on and so forth. And times of refining happen in all different scales. Individually, it happens to us. Times of refining come to our family unit, to our community, to our nation as we've experienced, and even across the entire world. But the bigger the scale and need for refining, the more difficult and painful it actually is. This text that we read today from Malachi, is Malachi is a prophet, and it comes to, it's a prophecy that comes to the Israelite people who had experienced the tremendous pain of exile. So just to remind you, exile is when, uh, at least in the experience of the Israelites, they had their homeland destroyed, and then they were taken as slaves to a foreign land. I mean, we experience so much comfort and security here that we cannot really truly envision what this experience must have been like. So you would think this, spirit, this experience of destruction of your homeland and exile into a foreign land would be incredibly refining, something that you would never ever forget, right? And that you would pass on all those lessons you gleaned, you would pass them on to your descendants, certainly. But the Israelites, after their exile, after their time of refining, didn't learn the lessons. The lessons that they should have learned during exile were, what has happened to us? Where did we possibly go wrong? How, how could this have happened? And then lastly, how can we make things better according to God's will rather than our own? But the Israelites, they failed to, to glean these lessons from their ancestors' painful experience and corruption continued by the priests and the kings and led to a resulting unfaithfulness by the people. And what I found most shocking about this text and the reality of this day is that the people themselves, the ones who are responsible for, the un- for their own unfaithfulness, for their own corruption, the people themselves actually start to blame God. <laughs> they say, where's God? Why isn't God doing something? And so this text that we read today is actually God's response to their crying out, to their question. And the promise comes of the Lord's anointed one, the one who would come to the people, realizing that they didn't have the strength that they needed to be faithful. They didn't have the power and capacity to be faithful to God. And he promises to refine them like gold and like silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. During Advent, we anticipate and find hope in the coming of this refining one sent by the Lord and we call him Jesus. John testifies in 1 John chapter 1 that Jesus is the one who cleanses us of our sin and all unrighteousness in every area of our life. But sometimes we think that this is a one and done type experience that maybe if we're baptized, well now we're cleansed by the Lord and we don't need to go through any kind of refining. But actually this is more of a continual refining. Let me tell you about this process of the refining of silver. I found it interesting that back in the days of Malachi, uh, silver was actually considered to be more precious than gold, sort of opposite of today. And the reason why is because the refining process was so delicate, it was so sensitive, 
that the person who oversaw that process needed to be very skilled. They needed to know what they were doing and they had to have a keen eye for the details of what was involved. So this is what one of the scholars that I read said, that um, unless the molten silver is heated up, melted, that's what leads to the uh, refining process, unless it is treated with carbon, which is charcoal used by the ancients, the silver actually reabsorbs the oxygen from the air and loses its sheen and purity. So unless it was treated in the exact same way, it would lose the refining that it had already gotten. So if we thought in terms of sin, it would be like if you thought that if you go to Sunday school and confirmation, or even if you just come to worship but you don't put your hearts in it, that, well, I'm okay in God's eyes. But what this, is, what this metaphor is teaching us is that if we do not continually let God be the one who refines our souls, that we could actually reabsorb the impurities that we were once cleansed of. You see what I'm saying? So if you uh, grow up in this church environment, and then all of a sudden you stop uh, developing deep friendships and relationships that can help you to grow in God's grace, you're going to start becoming like people who maybe aren't Christian at all. Or uh, you're going to start absorbing impurities from whatever it is that you expose yourself to in the culture. Things you watch, things you listen to. So this is how the refiner knows when it's time to be done with the process. He says that a refiner knows that his metal is pure when he can see his own image reflected in the mirror-like surface of the metal. And as such, God will know that his work has been completed in you when he sees reflected in the Christian soul Christ's own image. The Apostle Paul says it like this, Paul says, this was a text that we read at the beginning of worship. Let me find it from the text itself. Paul says that as we receive the Holy Spirit in our baptism, as we walk in the ways of the Lord, we we open ourselves to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, so we see things as they really are, We see the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror. And we're being transformed continually into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this comes from the Lord, the Spirit, as though reflected in a mirror. It's almost exact same language. So Paul says that when when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, We experience freedom and we see ourselves growing in the likeness of Christ. A simple way that I've learned of this is to to examine yourself. So if you're trying to understand, am I growing in grace? Am I growing in my faith? Because it's clear if you read the Bible that growing in our faith is key because we're growing into the likeness of Christ. This is a key way that you can ask yourself that question. Am I growing in my love for God? Am I growing in my love for God? Am I growing in my love for neighbor? And lastly, am I growing in love of myself? Sometimes we can love God, we can love our neighbor, but really it comes from a place of not liking ourselves. And actually, the key to, to observe If we're growing in faith, 
We'll grow in our love for God. We'll grow in our love of our neighbor, even the ones that we don't like very much. And we'll grow in our love for ourself and realize that God loves you despite any of your impurities. But He also loves you enough to continue to refine your soul so that you can experience freedom that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now typically, we submit ourselves to a process of refining daily, regularly. But it's not through uh, surrendering to God. It's rather this refining process of comparison. Does anybody know what this is like? Have you ever maybe went onto Facebook and saw all the joyful times that everybody else is having, or all the success, all the nice things that they're having, and you say, this is the refining process. What am I not doing that they are doing? What change can I make in my life to get to that place? Or maybe you just look around in sort of the opposite way and you refine yourself in this way by wanting to be the judge. That's what I like about this text in Malachi. God says, don't worry. Don't worry, I'm going to judge the people who need to be judged. That's not your job. Your job is to allow your heart to be refined by the refiner. The one who knows the standard that you are being refined to and the one who has the capacity and strength to refine your soul in that process. So what do we do then if we're constantly bombarded by this tendency to compare? Because even if you're not on Facebook, you still have the tendency to compare your life to somebody else or some future outcome that you would like to see happen. Well, this is, this is something I heard in a podcast recently that I thought was tremendously powerful for us. The only person that you should compare yourself to is the you of however many months or years ago. The only person that you should compare yourself to is the you of however many months or years ago. So when you're participating in God's grace through spiritual disciplines or coming here to the church, serving God or any of the above or anything else that I haven't mentioned, you should never ever compare yourself to somebody else of saying, well, at least I'm reading my Bible. And I know that lots of other people aren't. Or at least I'm serving. At least I'm giving. At least I'm coming to church every Sunday. That is not a way to measure if you're growing in grace. The way for us to measure how we're growing in grace to know if God's Spirit is refining our souls is to look back to our lives a week ago, a month ago, ten years ago and say, have I grown in my love of God my love of neighbor, which is everybody else in our life, and the love of myself. That's it. And this is why I love that quote as well, is because oftentimes, I'll admit to this as doing this sometimes, is oftentimes we say, well, I need to be like Jesus. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but we cannot compare ourselves to Jesus and let that be our standard and say, well, we need to get the energy, we need to get the strength to grow and to continue to change. No, because if we do that, we'll stop, we'll quit. It's too high of a standard. It's like me saying that tomorrow I'm going to be just completely trim. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to change my diet and I'm, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. You're going to see me on the cover of magazines one day. Well, <laughs> I'll probably go home and eat pizza. Because, <laughs> because I'll say, that's an impossible standard. 
But like any habit, like any change, we have to say, what kind of progress have I made? And let that be the evidence that Jesus is working in your life. You see, we have to change what we're looking at. We have to change the way we measure progress in terms of our spiritual growth. And most importantly, we have to realize that we don't actually have the power to become better people in God's eyes. The Israelites proved that to be true. I mean, even the pain of exile and being cast away. You might think that, well, maybe America, for example, will learn its lesson when things finally get bad enough. And I'd say, probably not. None of us learn our lesson, so to speak, by just going through difficulty. I've gone through many periods of difficulty in my life. And there are times where I, I ask these questions, these refining questions of, what is go- what's going on? <laughs> Why are things the way that they are? What am I actually working towards in my life? Are these behaviors leading to the outcome that I'm looking for? This, you know, what, what really is motivating me in life? And you know what I found to be most key? It's still a struggle for me, by the way. Most key when we find ourselves in times of refining is to surrender to Jesus. To say, Jesus, You are the one who refines my heart. You are the only one who can help me to see the impurities that are there and to do so in such a loving way that I feel compelled to change. Not forced to change, not told to change, but compelled to change. God continually imparts His grace and love into our hearts as we open ourselves to it as we surrender to Him during the difficulties of our lives. Our job is to let Christ be the standard and to let Him refine us until His image is clearly reflected through every part of our lives. As Paul says, this transformation comes to us as a gift from the Lord, the Spirit. This, friends, is actually the process that we call discipleship. Of following Jesus. Of letting Him be the standard. Let Him determine the standard. And let Him be the refiner of our hearts. And it's Jesus, the refiner. The one full of love and compassion and grace. The one who comes to us in the darkness of our lives. It's Him that we anticipate coming during this season of Advent. So my prayer for each one of us is that we would not say today when we leave, gosh, I really need to be better, but instead say, Lord, I surrender to your presence, your love, and your refining spirit in my heart. Help me to find peace in your presence, to find hope in the future that you're wanting to bring about for me, my family, my church family, and my community. Amen. Let's, um, I don't have any specific questions for you today of reflection. Hopefully you found at least one or two that you could think about. But maybe this is a good one if you didn't. Think about this. Think back to that question. Think from a year ago. Have I grown in my love for God? My 
willingness to say, Jesus, I, I love you. Even just to yourself. You don't have to say that out loud. Have I grown in my love for God? Have I grown in my love of my neighbor? And have I grown in a love for my, of myself? And if not, then that's an area that you can surrender to God and say, Lord, I, I need your help to be able to love in this way. Let's just sit with that question for 30 seconds. I'll lead us in a short prayer and then we'll I'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Jesus, you know full well that um, we allow standards of our lives to be set by others, oftentimes unknowingly, unwillingly. But just by living in community with other people, especially with technology involved, uh, we're letting our souls be refined into some image. So Lord, would you help us to recognize the patterns in our lives and to see that You refine our hearts when we open them to You, when we surrender to You, and that You will will enable us to grow in grace, to grow in faithfulness, to grow in peace, and to to experience the healing and forgiveness that come only from You. And that as we submit ourselves to Your process of refining, we will actually grow in our love for You, our love for our neighbors, and our love for ourselves. Jesus, would you lead us in this process of being refined, especially when we find ourselves in difficult times, asking the hardest questions in life. Jesus, we pray this prayer in your name.